to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press and multimedia producer Aaron Lamar. And today on the show, today's show is a bit of a downer. We're going to be talking about Gord Downey. We're also going to be talking about the fact that Interstellar Rodeo is not returning next year. And we'll be talking about Portage in Maine and the ongoing, should we open it or should we leave it closed? back Jen. Thank you. How was Italy? It was amazing. I would assume so. Yeah Italy Italy lives up to the hype. <laughs> I mean it, we all know that things such as gelato and pasta are awesome but they're somehow more awesome when you're surrounded by beautiful beautiful scenery. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Do you feel like you got your your carb and gelato intake maxed out? You know what I thought I would be over pasta but it hasn't happened. I'm like I could eat some pasta right now. <laughs> Um, but it was just like, there's a few things that were, um, that I really were really inspiring, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that like most little cafes, I was on the Melfi coast. So also we're dealing with small towns, but like all the cafes, like they don't have to go cups because coffee is meant to be like, you sit down and enjoy it. That's really nice. Or like bread doesn't come with butter and I love butter. Like I am a gross person that could just eat butter out of the fridge. (laughs) But they don't. Fun gen fact. <laughs> Fun gen fact. But they don't serve butter with bread. Like it's definitely a olive oil oh, balsamic vinegar yeah, situation. I love that that dipping though. That's Which good. I also like as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just kind of like sometimes it would just be like bread. <laughs> it's like, they put on it though. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Everything was beautiful. The people were super friendly. That's the, great. The roads are super scary because they're like. Tiny. They're like as wide as my couch and <laughs> shared by buses and car, like mm-hmm. allegedly two lanes, like passing lanes. Mm-hmm. Vespas. There was a dog casually riding on the back of a Vespa. They're like, going to tell me there was a dog casually driving a Vespa. No. And that would have been really exciting for me. But yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So it made nice me want to go back. Yeah. Sure. I've never been to the Amalfi Coast. I've been to Italy, but I've never been to that part. So it's so like it's so gorgeous. Like my friend and I, my friend who was getting married, we're talking about how it's so beautiful that it actually makes you angry. You're <laughs> just like, this place makes me furious. Like nobody has the right to be this gorgeous. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, I highly recommend it. And I recommend going in October, actually, because it's kind of the beginning of their off. Yeah, season. I imagine it's really busy during the summer. Yeah. And I think intolerably hot because mm. even even in October, it was hotter than I Oh, yeah. Was expecting. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Italy. Great. It's great. I think I annoyed everybody with my constant Instagram posting. I loved it. It's so pretty there. This week, I bought a car. You did buy a car. Which Baby is, Dave is no more. Um, I have. I used to have a little Suzuki, so I called him Baby Dave, like David Suzuki. It um. took me an embarrassingly <laughs> long time to put that together, I'll tell you. And Baby Dave, I love dearly, but he just kept having problems. And then last week on my way to work... The uh, heat gauge went all the way to the top. I was about five minutes away from the office. And then what I thought was smoke, but I actually later found out was steam, was like billowing out of the hood of the car. That's scary. (laughs) And like as someone who doesn't know anything about cars, my instant thought is that's not good right well <laughs> like i think it's reasonable right but i i had no concept of what could possibly be wrong so i got a tow it turned out to be like a hole in the coolant hose or something i don't know it was leaking and then the steam and whatever so i got it fixed and and then i just thought you know what i'm done i want to be safe during the winter and i just bit the bullet and bought yeah, a new car as we're heading into that season yeah and i just didn't want to have to be worried about it i didn't have to be a worried about 
it not being stable in the winter months and be it breaking down and costing me like 500 bucks unexpectedly again. So I went with my boyfriend and bought a Honda CRV. It's like a little robot, not a little, it's big. It's a robot car. Big Dave. Big Dave. Yeah. Um, everything in my Suzuki was manual, roll down windows, push locks, like no automatic locks, as you know. Yes, I recall. <laughs> I've left your car open many times. many times. So now this is like a, a full out robot and there's keyless entry and all these things. And this poor salesman was trying to pitch things to me as if a normal 28 year old was buying a car. And you're like, where's my CD player? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm 90 in my soul and I don't <laughs> care about Bluetooth or connecting my phone. I want a CD player and I want to make sure that I can't lock my keys in my car, which I do on a regular basis. So he was like pitching me all this stuff and like trying to explain the onboard like touchscreen thing. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm like, no, what? No. (laughs) But anyway, I have it. It's I've had it for a couple of days. Still getting used to it, but I, I am enjoying it. It's it's slowly winning me over. This week we lost a very important Canadian musician. Yeah. We found out on Wednesday morning that Gord Downey had passed away. Yeah. Everyone's pretty broken hearted about it. Yeah. It's, uh, I know. What do you even add at this point in I the know. conversation? Um, I was just saying that, like, people have been eulogizing him since the diagnosis in 2016. So there's mm-hmm. really, I mean, everyone who had uh, things to say kind of said, said them all. And yet there seem to be even more beautiful tributes. Yeah. Spilling out of everyone over this week um which has been so nice to see mm-hmm. uh trudeau crying yeah uh like mm. i know i struggle <laughs> with tears at the best of times but that 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 got me that yeah, got me good it really did and i'm, I'm here for people expressing their feelings like that. oh like, yeah 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 um but yeah i mean obviously everything has been said about what the band means to this country um, a lot has been written about Downey's role as being, you know, critical of this country and wanting better for it and mm-hmm. helping us move forward, um, particularly with his work with Secret Path, yeah. which he did while he was sick. Yeah. Um, being such an important part of uh, the reconciliation process that has just only started to begin and how he became a real ally for indigenous peoples in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just what a tremendous person and like i wrote a column about it after it happened so it was just sort of one of those things we found out the news and then sit down and write because that's how the news works (laughs) and uh i was just so struck by a statement um a part of the statement that his family released talking about how he gave everything to all areas of his life not Mm -hmm. just not just work and i thought that was really inspiring and a really good reminder that there is more to life than just being on the road 300 days a year or right. just, you know, working all the time. And just, it was a really good reminder of how much he lived. Even while he was dying, he was still living right until mm-hmm. the end. He was just taking as much as he could. And he even has a new album coming out on the 27th of October. I know. So he was working right up until the end. Oh yeah. So just like taking, was really, really inspiring. Taking all he could out of life and like giving it back, you know, like it's just, it's such... He's so, I mean, he was already inspiring just for his tremendous mm-hmm. gift as a songwriter. I mean, he's so, I mean, it's overused to say people are one of a kind. It's like a cliche, but he really, really is a was. singular talent and it's such a huge loss. It is. And as you mentioned, it was really lovely to see all the personal anecdotes coming out because yeah. 
unlike when someone uh, like Tom Petty dies or someone who's sort of uh, not Canadian, mm-hmm. to be blunt, a lot of people don't have those personal one-on-one interactions with them. But when there's a Canadian musician who has risen through the ranks, people that like John Kendall at, at CanStar and all the music journalists that we work with, many of us have had one-on-one interactions with him. So we yeah. have that connection. And have been with him since they... Myself not included, but <laughs> they, they started, you know? Yeah. So, so it's really nice to to hear those extremely, extremely personal anecdotes from people. And it's just kind of what I was also reflecting on and mentioned in the column as well is just the, uh, I mean, the music will always have. Mm-hmm. And like it'll get passed down when a kid finds a copy of you know, a Tragically Hip album that their parents listen to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that the Tragically Hip will always be someone's favorite band. Yeah. You know, it, it, that doesn't go away. Um, so that's also, he just left so much for us that we are uh, like, and just not only that, but the gift that he gave by saying goodbye, going on that tour mm-hmm. and allowing filmmakers to make a documentary. It's and, just very, you know, classy all about it he just yeah. really took care of his fans like the, yeah. they were his family too and you really um long time running is the documentary and i know i've talked about it on the podcast before and i believe they're showing it this weekend they were, weren't supposed to show it until november on okay. tv um and they'll show it in november oh, yeah, as well I saw, I saw a commercial for it but i really recommend watching it mm-hmm. because it just gives such a nice insight into that relationship and the relationship with his bandmates too very special it's very rare that a band that formed pretty much when they were high in high school yeah, or shortly yeah, thereafter yeah. stays together yeah with no swap outs no yeah. so that's also a pretty unique thing so so Cordy, you'll be missed yeah yeah and another heartbreaking news yeah heartbreaking uh, in a different way yeah interstellar interstellar rodeo announced uh this morning thursday morning that uh, they're not going to be coming back in 2018 and that their Winnipeg run is over, although the Edmonton Festival will continue. I know, I'm really bummed out. Uh, Jen and I have mentioned several times that Interstellar is is one of our favorite festivals. One of my favorite episodes of Bury the Lead was the one that we recorded at Interstellar. Yeah, and we were really looking forward to kind of continuing that, but... It wasn't meant to be, I guess. It's, It's interesting. I mean, I like I know you did an interview. I did. And we're the first on that story yeah um i have questions about it because it's like it just seems so sudden like to go from like bringing as you said like bringing beck to town to Mm -hmm. being non-existent and it just yeah i don't know it just it felt like they were i honestly felt like they were able to make a go of it like i felt like they were a really great addition to the festival infrastructure yeah and i felt sort of that they were um, trying to convince themselves that it would continue because mm-hmm. they were having a good time. Everyone in Winnipeg that attend the festival are having a good time. But if you don't make enough money, like you can have as many good feelings about things as you want. But when it comes down to the bottom line, it takes a crap ton of money to put on a festival of that caliber. Yeah. And if you're not breaking even, then you have no money to do the festival the next year. Like that, that money all comes out of the same pot, right? So, I mean yeah we all loved it but it just it as she said in in the story it just wasn't it wasn't possible to keep going and it seemed like because even just anecdotally it seemed like it was well attended it yeah. seemed like people enjoyed it nobody yeah. had a bad thing yeah to say that's about why it. it's like especially upsetting 
but she mentioned that bringing in someone like Beck, bringing in someone like Father John Misty costs a lot of money. Absolutely. And uh, they basically doubled their talent and production budget. And they were, you know, optimistic and hoping that the ticket sales would accommodate for that, increase ticket sales. And they just, they didn't. And again, it just kind of comes down to that bottom line, which is super unfortunate because we're really going to miss it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a shame because it, it really was one of my favorite local festivals for sure. So I guess uh, now I'm just kind of thinking like, will someone else crop up and take that spot? Is it going to just kind of be as it was three years ago and there's going to be a little bit of a lull in August after Folklorama? I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, and maybe it's not a never say never thing. Right. Like right? It, it's never, I don't think, I mean, I can't speak for them obviously, but I would hope that it's not a permanent decision and that one day the possibility could arise that they will bring it back. Who knows? You never know what's going to happen. It's also hard, I think, for... Um, th- there are a lot of festivals in Winnipeg, and I think it's, yes. it's sometimes hard to make your entertainment budget... Stretch. Stretch. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, even for us, who get, we get to go to a lot of things uh, for free because we're working and we're covering it. Um, even the stuff that I do pay for after going to all the free stuff, I still find it to be really, really taxing on my budget for sure. Yeah, it can be hard. So it's kind of just, it's, you feel the squeeze from multiple angles, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good, good memories of it though. Absolutely. I really, really sincerely hope that, that this is not the absolute final call for Interstellar Rodeo Winnipeg for sure. Moving on from the Forks to Portage in Maine. <laughs> so I think we, I don't know if we have actually talked about this before. I don't think we have. Um, so like, I feel like for my whole life, but probably not that long. Your it whole just, conscious life. just <laughs> seems like it. <laughs> that we've been talking about whether or not to reopen Portage in Maine. Like that debate seemed to crop up every so yeah, often. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's news this happen. week it seems like it's gonna maybe happen so this is from a free press story from the other day um yesterday i guess uh plan to upgrade portage Maine um with the intention of eventually opening it up to pedestrians was endorsed unanimously on wednesday by mayor brian bowman and members of his executive policy committee that surprises me because it i feel really like this does. idea got a lot of pushback i yeah i i I was under the impression it was much more contentious. Like, I know, like, the transit union wasn't into it. I know, like, members yeah. of the public weren't necessarily into it. Yeah. Like, I know that there was a lot of safety concerns with opening yeah. up. And for listeners who don't live in Winnipeg, because I know that there are some of you. There um, <laughs> uh, Portage and Maine is our most famous intersection. It's probably our most... In the heart of downtown. Yeah. It's our most windiest intersection. Most windiest. Nice. Um, <laughs> and it's... You, pedestrians can't cross it. You it have to go underground there's there's barricades yeah you either have to go underground or walk like a couple blocks in either direction to cross at the lights in another spot and it's kind of confusing it's not terribly well signed it's no so from the free press story again just written by our colleague Aldo Santine. Um, the proposal would see the city spend $3.5 million to revamp the areas around the intersection, including $1.5 million for further engineering and architectural work needed to allow pedestrians to cross, $500,000 for new sidewalks, curbs, and street trees for the plaza area directly in front of the Richardson building, and $1.5 million to upgrade the underground concourse underneath the tower at 201 Portage. That's a lot of money. That is quite a bit of money. And it's making me... I know you're... 
opposed to the well, I'm not opposed to it, but I do kind of feel like it's going to be more trouble than it's worth in terms of because we're at, like I'm a, I'm a pedestrian. I love walking, but we are a car city. We are a driving city. And I mean, I'm not. And it's hard to go back from that. You yeah. Know, like, and, I'm, and I'm not going to pretend that I am an expert on how opening the pedestrian corridor will impact traffic. But I just I can't picture it not impacting traffic. So uh, I'm not opposed to it if they can make it work. Great. Awesome. But knowing the city and knowing our inability to city plan anything properly, <laughs> it, it makes me a little concerned. It does. It makes me a little concerned. I am optimistic that this kind of spending suggests that they will spend elsewhere when it comes to pedestrians. Yeah, that's true. Because I think you're right. I think this is a car city and this is a subject I've written many columns about. Um, And it's hard to go, once you've established a city as being a car city, it's hard to go back and kind of related to my Italy trip. Actually, it was interesting being in a place that's super old, right? So it's like these roads were designed for donkeys (laughs) and so all the cars are smaller delivery trucks are smaller everything was designed to it's not the other way around it's like hot wheels (laughs) right like (laughs) the cars fit the infrastructure of the city yes we've built our city to suit the infrastructure of cars and so now setting aside portage in maine because honestly i feel like that is not even we're not even there Let's address the fact that we have sidewalks that just end. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. And then you have to cross when there's snow drifts and you can't see oncoming traffic anyway because there's major drifts of snow. Right. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about sidewalk clearing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Are you going to spend that kind of money on sidewalk clearing? Do we do it ourselves? Like what, what, you know, just things like that that I would like to see happen too. So what I'm optimistic about is that if they're willing to spend this kind of money looking at Portage in Maine, mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's been barricaded for decades. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time to modernize this place and mm-hmm. do something interesting with it. Yeah. Maybe that means that will also spill over into other areas to make Winnipeg a bit more um, friendly for active transportation. And I think like we've seen that in the, um, it seems like everyone's coming around on cycling. Yeah. On the bike lanes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm choosing to be encouraged. <laughs> As always, the last segment of the pod is what we're reading, watching, and are listening to. And I'm going to go first, okay. even though I went first last week with White Horse and made them learn about Great British Bake Off. That was funny. <laughs> um, I just finished reading a book called Canadianity Ooh. by Jeremy Taggart and Jonathan Torrens. Your faves. I love them. Yeah, they have a podcast, the TNT podcast, obviously. Um, so if you don't know, Jonathan Torrens used to host um, Jonavision on CBC back in the, I guess, early 2000s, late 90s, maybe? Yeah, I think around then. And he was also on Street Sense. And then he's also probably more famously known for being J-Rock on Trailer Park Boys. And now he's also on Mr. D and he's done stand-up and stuff. And then um, Jeremy Taggart was the drummer from Our Lady Peace. And so they have a a sort of weekly, kind of whenever they feel like posting (laughs) podcast. Um, And they kind of coined this phrase, Canadianity, just sort of defining all things that are super duper Canadian Mm -hmm. as you would assume and they compiled this book and they they broke it up into section by province and and uh, told stories about their different kind of touring experiences through the country it's kind of part memoir for both of them part beginner's guide to Canada um, 
it's just really great and fun and heartwarming and like great yes delightful yeah and they're going to be coming to town on november 22nd i believe uh at the park theater they're they're um doing like a live podcast tour to help promote the book as well so yeah it's gonna be great i'm gonna go check that out what would our book be called we're grumpy old biddies <laughs> by Jen and Aaron. The Jen and Aaron story. Yeah. We're the lead biddies. <laughs> Having the giggles. Yeah. Um, I am also reading. Look at us go. I know. Just <laughs> So uh, we talked about the miniseries Alias Grace. Yes. You had mentioned that it's one of your favorite novels ever. Yeah. And so. Did be- you start? Yeah, because oh, what I what I learned is because of this new push of Alias Grace, the book is back in airport bookstores. Nice. Yep. So I bought that. It's it's a it's hefty a, book. It's a big girl. It is a big book. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've started it and I am loving it. How far, so far. are you? Mm, not extremely far. Okay. I didn't do a ton of reading whilst on the well it's really hard to 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 hand pasta into your mouth and read it is and then on my (laughs) almost 10 hour flight from rome to toronto movies yeah i watched four movies and watched two (laughs) i find it really hard to read on plane sometimes because i just get really sleepy and then i don't want to i want to just watch tv and it was also a bit of a turbulent flight so sometimes when i'm reading it makes me sick so yeah um but yeah i'm really enjoying it so far what do you have coming up what don't I have coming up? I have so many things coming up. Yeah. Um, you and I are working on a big We project, sure are. Um, which we'll talk about next week. So yeah. stay tuned for that. But it's, it's very, it's, very exciting. It's going to be good. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. That involves just like a metric shit ton of transcribing, which and is our least favorite activity. But interviewing, we got to talk to so many really cool people. Yes. And we're going to talk about interviewing that Interviewing is awesome. Transcribing interviews is the pits but that's going to be good um we day is coming up oh yeah next i week. have covered that pretty much every year for the last four i want to say so mm-hmm. that's next week and then um a few other things on the go as well so it's yeah. uh yeah it's lots to look forward to yeah how about you well i'm mostly focused on our big piece that we're working on um i have a couple other smaller interviews with just other musicians um coming up uh, there'll be a story about Tegan and Sarah soon. They're coming uh, the beginning of November, and I got to talk to Tegan last week, so um, that will be coming up as well. I've interviewed both of them, and They're not lovely. not at the same time, but in like depending on what tour. Sometimes it was Tegan, sometimes it was Sarah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they are great, great interviews. Yeah. Also, follow them on Twitter because they also have an excellent Twitter presence. I follow them on Instagram because they post pictures of their hilarious cats, and we are bonded by that. They're the best. If you want to keep tabs on anything else that we're working on, you can find our work at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's Ratty on Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Naya Rabble on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you next week. <laughs>